Well, good morning, Rethink Life. You guys doing good on this awesome Sunday morning? Come on, let's give God all the praise he deserves. And let's give those that are watching us right now live also a warm round of applause and thank them for being a part of our worship experience. We love you guys. It's always cool to hear stories of what God is doing in and through. Just those who are listening online and the impact that uh, our church is making in different places, not just here, but even around the world. And so we appreciate you guys. It's awesome um, to know that um, this coming um, after, well, I should say this coming, this afternoon uh, is going to be an amazing time for all of our families. And as a matter of fact, from five to seven, um, we're having just a uh, we're calling it our family fun day. It's just an opportunity for families to come together, connect. We're going to have inflatables and food trucks and all kinds of fun things and tons and tons of candy, candy for the kids so they can wear their fun costumes and just have an amazing time. It's a super easy invite to invite friends and family members and maybe some uh, neighbors or people that you know that have kids. We'd love to see you all out at our Lake Nona High School uh, campus because we're going to have everything all spread out out there. It's going to be a great, great time. So that's this afternoon. And then let me just also make a correction in the video. There was something in uh, referencing our what we call our serve day. And, and once a year we come together. In fact, it's really driven through our life groups. And all of our life groups are coming together. Uh, they're identifying certain projects, uh, organizations that they're going to be partnering with. And uh, that's actually happening next Saturday. So the first Saturday of every month, like always, uh, we have our first Saturday prayer. And then immediately afterwards, all the different teams are going out. And so we would encourage you to be a part of that. It's going to be an awesome time as we um, come alongside some, ma- uh, some great ministries, some, um, just some serve projects and different things that we're going to be doing. Um, just to love better and to shine brighter, the love of Jesus. And so it's going to be an amazing time. We hope that you'll take advantage of that and be a part. You don't have to be a part of a life group to, to serve. You can just show up next Saturday. Uh, we hope you'll be here for early at 9 for our, our time of prayer. But also, if you just want to come at 10, that will be the time. We'll disperse and go our separate ways. And so um, lots of cool things going on. And so this is the season that we're excited about. We began laying the groundwork for it um, back in August. And we did 21 days of prayer and this is the season that we're getting ready to, that we're already in, but we're getting ready to even ramp up even more. As you just learned a second ago, our At The Movie series. We've never done this in the history of our church. We are super excited about it. It's going to be the easiest invite we've ever made available for people to get their friends to church. Because we're taking what would, you know, Jesus gave what would be our modern day movies in terms of parables that he shared to convey a life-changing uh, truths. And so what we're doing is we're taking a lot of our favorite or, or popular movies that we know and love and, and maybe have seen, but we're going to be using them to drive home biblical truths. And it's going to be done in a powerful, creative way. So we hope that you'll be here. Everybody gets free popcorn cokes at every service. is going to be great. So you're going to want to invite your friends. It's going to be a great, great time. Well, we're in this series called Frequency. And uh, if you were here last week, we kicked it off. If you missed it, you can go back and watch it online. But we're learning how, most importantly, to hear the voice of God. It's really a collection of messages that are designed to help us kind of cut through the noise, if you will, and really tune in to hear the frequency of God, the, the voice that God ultimately has, because we serve a speaking God. You guys agree with that? We serve a speaking God. And the bigger question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Kind of reminds me of the preacher who got up one day and he just uh, blurted out to the congregation. He said, everybody who loves sin, raise your hand. 
It was kind of awkward. Nobody raised their hand. So the pastor took a step back. He said, I'll go at it again. He said, everybody who loves sin, raise your hand. Again, nobody raised their hand. All of a sudden, there was this little old lady in the back, both times, who happened to raise her hand to the question. So he thought he had asked it a third time. He said, everybody that loves sin, raise your hand. Well, this little lady in the back raised her hand for the third time. And then finally, the pastor, he just paused for a moment. He said, ma'am, he said, you mean to tell me that you love sin? She said, oh, I apologize. I thought you said gin. So anyway, sometimes we just don't always get it right when it comes to hearing the voice of God when he speaks. So you can't confuse God's voice from maybe other things that are competing with God's voice. And so today what we're learning is really um, just the importance of understanding and recognizing God's voice, but more importantly, the requirements of hearing the voice of God. I love how Jesus likened himself to a shepherd. We as the sheep his followers. In fact, in John 10, we referenced this last week. It says, the one, Jesus speaking here, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And that's my prayer for you, for all of us, for myself, that we'll be so in tune with the voice of God, that we'll, that we'll be so into understanding and recognizing his voice that we'll literally run away, we'll avoid anything and everybody that would potentially get us sidetracked or distracted from hearing and understanding and discerning the voice of God. Have you ever thought specifically why God chooses to speak to us? I mean, think about that for a moment. God has chosen to speak to you and me. One of the reasons why God has chosen to speak, I believe, and the Bible is very clear on this, is that God has chosen to speak to us because, really, if anything, it initiates friendship. I mean, God wants a relationship with us. He created you. He made you so that he could have a relationship with you. And I love what you know, the scripture says in the book of Exodus as it relates to God's relationship with Moses. It says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. I love that, to know that God loves you and he wants nothing more than to have a close, personal, and intimate relationship with you. We serve a speaking God and he wants to be your friend. He wants to have that kind of close intimate relationship with you. Another reason why God speaks to us is because he also wants to give us guidance. I mean, we all need guidance. We need direction. We need to, we need to know that God is speaking so that he can help guide us into the right path and, and, and ultimately making the right choices that truly honors him, that, that honors his will and his plan and his purpose for our, for our lives. I love what Proverbs 3, 6 says. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. And everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. So God speaks to us because he wants a relationship. He wants to be your friend. He wants that close relationship with all of us. But he also wants to help us. He wants to guide us. He wants to help navigate all the challenging steps that we take in our life so we don't have to go it alone. 
And another reason I believe God speaks to us is simply because he wants us to see things from his perspective. It's, it's all about understanding the fact that God sees from a point of view that we can't. And when we understand that, when we see things from an eternal perspective, when we see things from his perspective, man, it changes the game. Because if we're only looking to the limited, to the circumstantial, to the things that only we can see, then sometimes that can be overwhelming and intimidating. That's the reason why the Bible says that we are to live by faith and not by sight. It's that, it's that leading of the Holy Spirit that speaks to us, that guides us, and ultimately helps us to see the ultimate path that God has for us from his perspective. So God truly is a speaking God, and he wants to speak to us. And the question again is, are we listening? So what are the requirements when it comes to really hearing the voice of God? Because at the end of the day, there are certain things that we have to position ourselves with. And we talked a little bit about this last week. We talked about the different soils and the different kinds of heart, and we ended with a prepared heart because that's the kind of heart that ultimately positions himself to be able to hear the voice of God. And then once we position ourselves that way, okay, okay, what is it that we need to do or who do we need to become? What are the requirements of hearing the voice of God? Because in everything in life, there seems to be, there seems to be certain requirements in order for you to do certain things or get certain things. For example... You can't just go down to the passport office and ask for a passport without having certain credentials. You have to give certain documentation in order to get a passport. They don't just give a passport out to anybody who wants one. It's like going down to the driver's, you know, the, the, the place to get your driver's license. You can't just show up and say, hey, I want a driver's license. I mean, there are, there are certain documents you have to provide to get your driver's license. We had to learn this the hard way with my son Luke. Uh, when he got his, his driver's license on his 16th birthday, he was so excited. But when we showed up and we, you know, we, we said, okay, we're here. They said, okay, well, we need to see this. We need to see this. We need to see this. And one of the things that they were needing to see was his birth, birth certificate. And Luke said, Dad, you got my birth certificate? And I said, well, you're here, aren't you? I mean, <laughs> we brought you into the world. Isn't that good enough? Well, no, that wasn't good enough. And so I totally forgot his birth certificate. So Michelle and Luke stayed behind. We were over in Winter Garden on the opposite side of town. So I raced home, got his birth certificate, raced all the way back over there, huffing and puffing. Finally, Luke got to take his driver's test. He passed, and he was so excited. But we had to learn the hard way. you got to have all the credentials. you got to meet the requirements in order to get your driver's license. The same is true when it comes to our hearts. The same is true of how we live our lives so we meet the certain requirements in order to be able to hear and understand and know the voice of God. And so what we're going to do for a moment is we're going to unpack a passage of Scripture. In fact, Pastor Chad emphasized this passage a few weeks ago, and we're going to unpack it a little further. I love this passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And let's pick it up there in verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had yet not gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle, I love this, near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? We well, got up and ran to Eli. Well, here I am. Did you call for me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Eli, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. 
Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more, Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized what the Lord was calling, who, who it was that was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again, and if someone calls you again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and then the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak for your servant is what? Say it out loud. Listening. Listening. I know you're not going to believe this. I'm 52 years old. I've been in ministry for 29 years. I have sat across the table. I sat across the room been in hospital situations. I have encountered couples who were on the brink of divorce. I've talked with broken parents whose son or daughter was living in rebellion outside the will of God. I've talked to people in the hospital who are on their deathbed. I mean, I've encountered countless, countless situations and circumstances in these 29 years of ministry. And here's what I've learned. This is what this passage has really taught me. And this is what the story, it's why this story is so important to me. Because I've learned in hearing the questions and hearing the responses of so many people that they're really about three things or many things. But I think they're really about three things. And we learn them from this passage of scripture that God really looks for, that God is longing for to see in each of our lives when it comes for his clarity, for his frequency to be in tune with our hearts and our ears, where we really understand and hear the voice of God. And the first is this, and this is what we learned from Samuel, and that is to have a humble spirit. God wants to speak to people who have a humble spirit. You know, what's interesting about this particular boy by the name of Samuel is he had a surrendered heart. I love the passage, you know, where it talks about how he was sleeping and he physically positioned himself. His posture was to get as close to the presence of God as he possibly could. You see, young Samuel had a heart for God and he was, he was all about learning the things of God and the ways of God. And he was learning from his mentor, Eli. And I, I love what Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, where it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I think we could all agree to the fact that this young boy by the name of Samuel, in fact, most, most theologians and scholars believe that he was probably around 12 years of age. But the thing about Samuel is that he had a heart that was fully committed to the Lord. He wanted to learn the ways of God and the things of God. He wanted more than anything to be teachable and moldable and receptive and open to the ways of God. And at the end of the day, if we want to hear the voice of God, we must do the same thing. We must have a humble spirit. And I love the fact that God chose to use a young boy rather than the seasoned, experienced professional by the name of Eli. You know what that tells me? That just tells me that God chooses to speak to common, ordinary people just like you and me, which simply means that, you know what? You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have this perfect life in order to hear the voice of God speak to you. Isn't that awesome to know? 
That God wants to speak to ordinary people like you and me. Why? Because he wants a relationship. He wants that friendship. He longs for us to be able to be in his, his frequency, to know his voice. And the best way to do that is to have a humble spirit where the disposition of our lives are always in a place of being open and, and receptive to hear and to understand and mo- most importantly to learn the ways of of God. Samuel had a surrendered heart. He had a teachable spirit. I don't know about you, but even though I'm 52 years of age, I want to be young at heart. Don't you want to be young at heart? I love, I love the fact that Jesus used the illustration one day to his disciples when his disciples were asking the question, hey, Jesus, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? It was like this competition, you know, and Jesus kind of, you know, brought them down to reality. And Jesus made the statement in Matthew 18, verse 4. He said, so anyone who wants to become as humble as this little child, so he brought this little child to serve as an example. He said, anyone who wants to be as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What Jesus was saying is that, hey, it's not about being childlike it's, or, or childish. It's about being childlike in your faith. It's, it's, it's about having this spirit of, of openness and receptivity and teachability where you have this humility about you that just wants to understand the ways of God. And as a result, there's this childlike faith where you're young at heart. And so, therefore, everything that you're about, everything that you do, you look at life from a perspective of being young in your faith, young in your passion, young in your service, young in your generosity young in the way that you serve God. And that's the way I want to be. I don't want to be some old fuddy-dud spiritually in my life. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop being a fuddy-dud. We need to be young at heart. We need to be young in our passion. We need to be young when it comes to knowing and understanding the ways of God. Not having this know-it-all attitude. I don't want to be a know-it-all. I want to be a learn-it-all. And that's the way Samuel was. He had a humble spirit, and he was teachable, and he was faithful, and he was hungry to know the ways of God. I love what Psalm 25 verse 9 says. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. And that's what God wants. He wants to teach us our way, and the only way he can teach us our ways is by simply having a a humble spirit. You know, one of the best ways I think that, that people can learn and, and ultimately become who it is that God's created them to be is to take advantage of all the opportunities to grow and develop and mature in your faith. That's why we offer growth track. That's the reason why next week you can come back and you can start step one of the growth track. Why is that important? It's because it's an opportunity for you to learn the ways of God, to understand his heartbeat, to understand his vision, and understand our vision, but more importantly, to understand the purposes of God so that you can fulfill the purpose that God has for you. He wants you and he wants me to live our life on purpose. And the only way that we can do that effectively is to know what it is that God wants to teach us. So it begins with having a humble spirit. Number two, it is having an obedient heart. It's an obedient heart. You see, when Samuel heard the voice of God speaking to him, what was his natural response? His natural response was he got up and there was a sense of urgency. He went to Eli and he said, here I am, here I am. And what he was essence saying is that, Eli, I'm ready. Whatever you need me to do, I am here. What can I do for you? 
He had this receptivity. There was this responsiveness of his heart. Why? Because he was a person of obedience. He had this humble spirit which led to an obedient heart. He was willing to do whatever it was that perhaps God wanted him to do and what Eli instructed him to do. I heard the story about this preacher one time who had taken on this new church and he was just getting to know people. And, and so uh, one of the ways he got to know people is he stood out uh, at the back door and shook hands. People left. And so there was a guy that walked up to him and he said, um, he said, hey, preacher, he said, I just want you to know. He introduced himself. He said, uh, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? The guy just walked off. Kind of a little moment of awkwardness. And next week came, same situation happened. This guy approached the pastor and said, hey, pastor, I just want you to know the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? And he walked off. Third week in a row, same thing happened. Well, after this, the pastor, he was talking to some of the people in the church. He said, hey, you know, do you know who this guy is? And like, what's his story? I mean, is he, is he a few short french fries of a Happy Meal? I mean, like, what, what is going on with this guy? Because he keeps asking me, pastor, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? And he just walks off, leaving me hanging. I have no idea what the guy's, what he's asking me to do. What, what, you know, what, what is this guy? So pastor goes to lunch with him. And as they're having lunch, this guy just breaks down into tears, and he begins to share his story, his testimony with the pastor. And he said, Pastor, I just want you to know that several years ago, he said, man, I was a drug addict. He said, I was getting ready to throw in the towel. He said, I was suicidal. He said, I was losing my marriage. He said, I had nothing worth living for anymore. He said, I just wanted to end my life. He said, until one day, I showed up at church, and I heard about Jesus. And when I learned that Jesus died on the cross for me, and he could forgive me of my sins and give me a new life and give me a new purpose. He said, I committed my life to Jesus. He changed my life. And he said, I just made a commitment in my heart from that point moving forward that whatever it was that God wanted me to do, my question was all, or my response was always going to be, yes. Now, what is the question, God, that you want me to do? And I think when you live your life with that kind of responsiveness and that kind of obedience to where we're living our lives in such a way with a humble spirit but an obedient heart, where we're saying, God, the answer is yes. Now, what is it, God, that you want me to do? I'm here. I'm listening. I'm your willing servant to do whatever it is you're asking me to do. And so the big question for some of us is this. What is it that God is leading you to do? What do you sense the voice of God saying to you? And here's what I've learned in 29 years of ministry. And that is when we hear the voice of God or sense the voice of God, maybe at times God is telling us, he's, he's speaking to us a message. And here's what I've learned the hard way. Sometimes God is telling us something that we need to hear, not necessarily something that we want to hear so the big question is is what is it that we need to stop doing what is it that we need to start doing for some of us we need to stop some destructive habits we need to stop hanging around certain people who are negative influences and negative voices in our lives for some of us we need to stop some things that that are causing us to become distracted in terms of wrong priorities when it comes to our relationship with God. And for some of us, maybe we need to start doing some things. Maybe it's restart some things. You know, for some of us, maybe we need to start being faithful in our church attendance. We need to start taking the next steps in our spiritual growth and journey. 
For some of us, maybe next week, it's just starting our faith where we demonstrate our faith public through water baptism. For some of us, maybe God's been speaking to us about that. For some of you, maybe it's in the area of giving. Some of us, maybe we have not been giving, surrendering all that we are and all that we have when it comes to God's money that belongs to him, known as the tithe, but yet maybe we haven't done that. And we wonder at times why it's maybe hard to hear or discern the voice of God. It might be because, once again, we're not doing some things that God has already told us that we need to do. And so do we have an open and obedient heart? Are we listening to the voice of God? And the third thing is this. If we're going to meet the criteria or meet the requirements of really hearing the voice of God... And the third thing we learn from Samuel is this. It is having a sensitive ear. It's a sensitive ear. My um, daughter, Ashlyn, has a very sensitive ear. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. Um, she is, we have three children, and our daughter, Ashlyn, is our middle child. And um, my wife, Michelle, she has a computer, and our daughter, Ashlyn, is now in college, but when she was in school, she would be, like, doing her homework in her bedroom. Her bedroom's right off the kitchen. And Michelle, we have, like, like this, this island, a uh, little bar island in our kitchen. And so a lot of times Michelle will sit there at the bar, and she'll do her work. She'll be working on her computer. She's got, like, a little laptop. She's just typing away in her keyboard. And so you'll hear Ashlyn. She'll yell, Mom, will you chill out? And a- Michelle's like, what? You know, what am I supposed to chill out? You're driving me crazy with the tapping of your keyboard. Or we'll be, you know, watching TV, eating some popcorn, and you'll hear Ashlyn across the room, will you stop chomping? I'm like, you're supposed to chomp when you chomp popcorn. That's what popcorn's all about. But she's just one of those types of very sensitive ears, and it drives her crazy, you know, when you're doing things that she refers to as annoying. You're so annoying. And it's all the little things that, you know, it's like drives her crazy. Well, I don't know about you, but I just want more than anything to have that kind of sensitivity when it comes to the voice of God, to where when God speaks, I'm like Samuel, say, here I am, your servant is listening. We're sensitive. We're in tune to the frequency of God. We hear God's voice. We know it's not a stranger's voice. No, this is the voice of my shepherd. I know his voice. I I have bent my ear. I've bent my heart towards the things of God and the ways of God. I know the voice of God. And that was Samuel's story. No wonder God spoke to him. No wonder God chose Samuel, the age of 12, to speak to him rather than anyone else. And I just believe in our lives today, that's what God longs for. He wants us to have a humble spirit, an obedient heart, and he wants us to be able to have the sensitive ear that hears and knows and understands his voice. You know, what I've learned, once again, in my own life in the hard way, is that sometimes God chooses to speak to us in ways that are a little different than what maybe we think he would choose to speak with us about when it comes to certain situations and circumstances. And oftentimes we think it has to be really bold and obvious, like God's got to just, you know, write it out in the sky to make it bold and plain and clear as to the voice and the confirmation that this is God speaking. We're going to unpack that more specifically next week because we're going we're gonna to actually ask the question or answer the question, you know, how do you know if it's really the voice of God? How do you distinguish that? How do you really know It's God's leading or speaking when we sense his voice. 
But here's what I want you to understand. Sometimes God chooses to speak to us in ways that are different than we could possibly imagine. In fact, I, I love this in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. This is the prophet Elijah. And he had just come off this amazing victory and, you know, the, it was kind of the showdown of Mount Carmel and where the prophets of Baal and Elijah kind of went head to head and, and God called, you know, rain to, or excuse me, fire to fall from heaven and kind of just, obliter- you know, just annihilated the, the, all the gods of Baal and it was this amazing moment. And, and now all of a sudden, Elijah, after this high, now he's running for his life. He's down, discouraged, defeated. We pick it up in verse 11, 1 Kings 19. It says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But notice, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was this earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake came a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire came a what say it out loud a gentle whisper some translations say it was a still small voice and here's what's powerful about that what's powerful is that sometimes God speaks to us through a gentle whisper. And if we have a sensitive ear towards the things of God, the ways of God, in other words, we're spending time in His Word, spending time in prayer, we have an obedient heart, we're walking with a humble spirit, it's open, receptive to the ways of God, the things of God. God has a way. Sometimes it's just whispering His voice into our lives, and into our hearts. And maybe what he's saying to us is exactly what we need to hear in that moment, in those circumstances, that perhaps is different than any other way that we could have ever imagined that he would speak. Maybe God today is speaking to your heart, and he's getting your attention, maybe in a different way, than you could have ever imagined from the standpoint of maybe it's through some pain that you're going through. I love what C.S. Lewis once said. He he made this statement, such a powerful, powerful statement. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Maybe God is speaking to you through some pain that you're going through could be a, a hurtful relationship. could be through some situations or circumstances you're facing right now in your life physically. Maybe you've had a recent diagnosis that is a setback to you in your physical life and your health. Maybe through a loved one that you've just lost. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe it's through some challenges at work with some other people, some coworkers. Maybe there's some conflict going on with some people that you know and you love and you care about deeply. And here's the issue. The issue is that all of those things can create confusion, can create noise in our lives. It can cause us at times to to maybe be confused about why certain things are happening. 
But maybe it's God's gentle whisper that he's using to speak to our lives, to speak to our situation, to speak into our hearts. Maybe what he's wanting you to know more than anything is that he's got your back. He's going to take care of you. You see, he sees things from a different perspective. He's going to provide for you. He's going to protect you. He's going to make a way, perhaps, where you thought there was no way. And if you'll be faithful, and you'll continue to live with a humble spirit, obedient heart, and a sensitive ear, God will show you. He'll lead you. He'll navigate your life. I love what the Bible says in Isaiah 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Isn't it awesome to know that God's voice is there to speak life and to speak hope and to speak new beginnings, to speak guidance, to speak protection, to speak provision, to speak forgiveness, to speak whatever it is that you potentially need at that given moment in your life. Are you listening? God's speaking. Are you listening? Do you hear his gentle whisper? Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, 